I want to thank our, our sponsor, Diversity Vapor Shop. The Vapor Shop, Buddy Hall, makes his own flavors. They're amazing. Ships all over the United States. So if you want to try them, you're into vaping, you want to try the most unique flavors you've ever tried, go to go to diversity.com, go to jimcren.com. The link is on there, too, his website. But it's Buddy Hall, and they have a, a place in Dormont, Pittsburgh, and Babcock Boulevard, North Hills, in Pittsburgh. And they're our sponsor. Thank you, Buddy, and thank you, Diversity. This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. Jim Cran, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network, and we have a we are in a fun mood today. So we appreciate you uh, streaming, listening to the show, or downloading. Uh, you're in for it today. Uh, <laughs> we got a special guest. We're laughing for a half hour before the show, and Frank's here. Frank's got a camera on me. Uh, you have a face for radio, Frank. You know that. That scares people. They, you, they'll use that video to like discipline their children. <laughs> <laughs> you go to bed or you're playing this video This no! is what happens to you if you don't take care of yourself This man is going to babysit you if you don't stop it Yes <laughs> Exactly Dave's here and you know Wayne and Josh is uh, Josh is somewhere around He's out He's out. He's on his, You know Josh is big time He's doing Hollywood He's with stuff. Banshee yeah, man he He's assistant nah, producer he's of Banshee man Big time I texted him the other day, and he said, be gone, peasant. Yeah, his people will get back to me or something. <laughs> I texted yeah. him. He didn't even just do it with you. He just That's that's his text that's for his everyone text now. Everyone no, I texted him. It's the auto text. <laughs> he got back. Be gone, peasant. He got back with his assistant. Uh-huh. He didn't even text me back. This is my assistant. This is Josh's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really talk to you. But, uh, yeah, we're in front. we have a great guest there. Uh, I'm excited about this guest, uh, Nancy Burke, Dr. Nancy Burke. She's a stand-up and a psychologist, which is wild. That's why, you know, we, God, we should just pay you for a session right now. I need help. But uh, Nancy's award-winning and a, a great, she's an author, has a, a great book out, College Bound and Gagged, about putting kids through college. I have so many friends. <clears throat> the first thing I, we talk about when their kids through co- in college, man, it's like, it's a house. Each kid, you're buying a house, basically. So she has a book on how to navigate that path as a couple two sons i believe right near husband ron uh and uh she's right here in pittsburgh too she's pittsburgh Girl. so i'm here to help you i love that yeah in her backyard <clears throat> terry and uh mike and mike here terry's uh gonna be a father yes yeah so we have oh, you didn't, yeah college yeah. on your mind already yeah congratulations on terry mind. jones Thank you. Thank lovely sharice yeah i didn't know yeah uh, Jimmy came to the shower. I that love the awesome. baby shower. Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> Class of 2036. This is funny. Jimmy <laughs> got me a stroller. It's like the BMW of strollers, okay? Like, it's it's a car seat and a stroller, and it, like, drives by itself. So <laughs> I don't really have to do anything. I can just send it on a walk, and it has, like, protection over it. Got a little iPad in it. Now, and <laughs> the funny thing is, Jimmy, you tell about the, the, box. the box, Jimmy ordered it. It got soggy. Not good. Yeah, and he went to go lift it, and it fell out. And Hetty got mad at him about it. Jimmy <laughs> brings it to the shower and goes, "Tara, I'm sorry." And he hands it to me in a garbage bag. box and in a garbage bag. He goes, "The wheels are in there somewhere. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the warranty to you." It was out. Yeah. The, 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 it was delivered out in front of my garage. Yeah, and it was raining. 
And I was too lazy to go out and get it. <laughs> and I had this whole philosophy with, you know, my wife, 24 years and saying, I know what I'm doing, yeah. which means I'm in trouble if this messes up. I go, it's, it's covered. There's a cover there. <laughs> it's never going to get wet. Yeah. I get out, the box is soaked, right? She goes, I told you. And I was done. So I just lift the box up. I said, Here, it's fine. And the whole thing fell. Yeah, fell. But it was so awesome. I got a garbage bag and had to put it in there. So that, yeah. and what is it with guys and garbage bags and, and bat? Like, <laughs> my husband doesn't wrap gifts. My two sons, they don't wrap gifts. You get things in garbage bags and, you know, <laughs> and all the, and, and holidays. I, it, he asked me to wrap it myself. I don't know what it is with you guys. Like, wrap could you wrap your own gift? It's like, I'm, my mind hasn't really gotten that bad that I'm, not gonna i'm gonna be surprised two things that we learn young nance and you know this you have two sons garbage bag and the duct tape is your friend get you out of everything right absolutely laundry break stuff laundry yes stuff it's my suitcase i've wrapped a few presents but they're all of poor quality (laughs) yeah oh yeah Yeah. well oh the baby shower speaking of wrap the baby shower this was my first baby shower by the way awesome we gotta give Jimmy. I love it. Thank. You. That is awesome. I'm all into the baby shower. Renaissance man. I never knew what went on at the baby shower. It's a mystery to me. There's not that many co-ed ones. There's not many co-ed ones. Yeah. And I didn't know, but I gotta tell you, the next time I get an invite to a baby shower, I'm going. I kind of like it. You go. <laughs> it's kind of nice. It's in the afternoon, so it doesn't mess up your day. So you get mimosas too. You get mimosas. You get a great lunch. The only thing I'm not sure about is the games, which I have to practice. Yeah. I didn't know the games. Like, I, I didn't blindfolded, we changing games. a little baby doll, which that baby doll looked yeah. like it was a hostage at the end of the <laughs> diaper wrapped around its head. Well, she was I, just talking about the wrapping problem. Yeah, you can't do it blindfolded. Yeah, do it, well, no, that's the thing. There were people killing it. They were actually yes. like... Guys who had kids but they all had nailed kids. it. They, one guy, I have two kids, he raised his hand, done in two seconds, perfect. Yeah. Like, wow. He, he won. He That's won. Amazing. I was like, man, you're lucky. Yes. But that was awesome. Beautiful, you know, woman, beautiful baby you're going to have and coming up nice. in July. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's great for our morning show. Yeah, it is. That's all I uh, think about. I'm the only one on the show the with kids. Where's the, yeah, we're thinking <laughs> the baby just for material, huh? Yeah, we're using her already. You know she's, how fun they she's are. She's going to be like Blue Ivy. Kids are the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to yeah. name her North South <laughs> just to get some attention. North South. North South. Okay. We're going on the radio, baby. What are so fun. That's what Terry will do to get listeners to the new show. He'll make people. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> you know, Mike, it's right. Uh-huh. He'll make enough to where uh-huh. the ratings keep going up. That is committed. Yeah. Every share. Terry, get to work, buddy. <laughs> Q929, like little baby saying like, well, Yes. We better, we better hit up the sperm banks. Come on, <laughs> listeners. They're going to be like, the listeners are between two and five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 15-year anniversary. <laughs> great in that demographic. 15-year anniversary would be our picture, Terry, and 15 kids. <laughs> no. Wait a oh. and, Terry's, and Terry's face just going, help me. Help me. <laughs> That's not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get neutered. <laughs> That'll be great for radio. There you yeah, go. another one, another bit. He's getting neutered. We're excited. We start uh, July 6th on Q92.9, wherever you are around the United States or the world. You could tap in, obviously, on your cell phone or smart pad, right? right? Tune in, has yeah. it? Or, or just go right to the website, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, tune in's great. But yeah, listen to us. I hope you enjoy the morning show every day we'll be at you live man i can't wait to work with these guys and with debbie wilde joined us a yeah. very very uh, uh nice girl and real talented radio personality and yeah. hope nancy comes on the show 
Oh, love to have you on this. Of course, I'd but, love to offer my advice for for you. Uh, you're, you're the characters. Official, you're, yeah, well, you're the official therapist <laughs> oh, of the Jim cool. Crank United yeah. Yeah. Morning Show. Yeah, that's perfect. That's our. We need one. Yeah, because oh, that, we that need way more I can, than one actually. But no, no. You, are you, <laughs> yeah, well, we, oh, no, let me explain a little bit of your past. Like, a, okay, so you do stand up, I know, but are you? Did you? Did you? First, start out as a you know a working ther- like therapist yeah. with clients and the whole thing. The whole well, deal. I, yeah, I I um, graduated from Vanderbilt University mm-hmm. and I moved to Pittsburgh and was um, a clinical psychologist for the Pittsburgh Cancer Institute okay. initially, and um, then later became uh, a professor at Pitt at the School of Dental Medicine, which okay. is. I know everybody says, why well, did psychologists land there? But the American Dental Association uh, requires them to teach uh, ethics and um, and professionalism and uh, mm. behavioral science. So that's what I taught there. And Flight I did dentist, research. But wow. then I, I always wrote creatively, et cetera. And I, I left my full-time position there. I still, uh, I still am an adjunct um associate professor but i left my position there and uh focused on being creative and things just started happening and i finished my second book college bound and gagged and that landed in the tina fey movie admission which was really exciting and i started writing for parade magazine and pairing it with my podcast wine at nine so i kind of slowly morphed into an entertainment writer and i like to think i pull the psychology in it but i'm having a blast it's it's proof that you can kind of recreate yourself you know yeah at the in very differently so it's it's fun but i do think the stand-up came from having to entertain 80 dental students who are totally not not all of them but (laughs) not really interested in what i had to say so i had to be entertaining and it and it really helped so and you know that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, I, I almost uh, went to Vanderbilt. It was between Community College, <laughs> Slippery Rock, IUP, and Vandy. Vandy. I didn't want to travel. Yeah, yeah. I went to Community College yeah, for a while, then yeah, down IUP. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting that, that, that you know someone of your intellect and academia that doing stand up. There are several comedians you know the different viewpoint as a psychologist as a therapist man you're, that's what th- that's what stand-up is stand-up basically is peeling the onion back on ourselves on our dysfunctional lives that we all have in a certain degree to a certain degree comedians and it gives a different perspective with you because you studied it you studied the mind well, and that peeling that onion back true but i usually my angle is more making fun of myself being the neurotic psychologist that i am so it's uh, <laughs> so it like works mechanics out well. where they I don't have a good car <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. But it, it, yeah, it's funny. And what's funny is one of the first big shows I ever did in um, in uh, Virginia was uh, there were a bunch of other psychologi- psychologists, comics, and mm-hmm. they were all over me like, oh, my God, you're a psychologist. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> we love psychologists. Like, they do? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, well, yeah. you know what? It's funny because. I, I love therapy. I think therapy is an interesting thing. You know, I went for some some fears a long time ago. I met this uh, guy, became friends, he's a great therapist, and uh, over getting certain fears, you know, and uh, it, we worked together. And it's amazing, though, uh, when you when you start getting into it, you start analyzing other 
other people. Do you find yourself doing that all the time? Do you turn yeah, it off? I turn it off now, and and plus I haven't done therapy in a while now, so you know you really have to stay current with that. But you do, you can sort of understand when you see human behavior you can sometimes diagnose it that's for sure pretty quick and you yeah but i never say that i never use my credentials to say oh that person has a personality disorder because i don't know the person but you know you can kind of guess oh i'd shake and, their hand and write uh, it down in my little book yeah. narcissistic personality disorder <laughs> possible manic states <laughs> now what are we seeing that's when he's looking in the mirror <laughs> yes that's just me i start there but i <laughs> oh my god so what, that is interesting you know I was reading they say that, that like one out of three people have some well most people have a little bit but some personality disorder it's kind of an interesting thing as we all so that means we all kind of have something oh, some sort of I disorder in our lean to, certain ways that number seems low yeah that, <laughs> that does seem low yeah, this room I think it's closer to 100 hanging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you've been hanging out in comedy clubs a little I know long. Yeah, exactly. too much. I see a therapist every week so yeah I know <laughs> good job weekly oh yeah, yeah i had oh, to that's, that's good like, well we all do we all that's a great everybody thing. can benefit from an hour about them exactly an hour with a with a good therapist good yes accredited therapist to, to, to talk about your to learn about yourself you especially in the business we're in you become a better comic from it you do I um because there's a lot of like personal stuff. I was like, oh man, I forgot about that because it's been hidden in the back of my mind sure. for so many years. Yeah, that you bring it out, you're like, oh man, I could talk about that, but I'm sad. Um, I call True. I call therapy friendship prostitution because <laughs> you're, yeah. you're paying, paying to be a therapist a to listen to you and be a friend that your friend won't be. So it's pretty fun. How often do I come up in your session? Um, no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Jimmy every the Tyrant. Minute, every other minute, <laughs> who is this? No, it's a, who is this, Grant? Damn it, Jimmy. Well, <laughs> who is this guy? Jimmy, you realize that 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 just just did feed into the whole narcissism thing exactly. that you set up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great me. that you're in therapy. How yeah. often do I come up? <laughs> Is it about me? Is this therapy solely about me? You gotta about love me it. Too. That is awesome. The one thing you said, which I thought was interesting, is you you repeated a couple times. See a good therapist, right? So are you saying that like you you've known people to go to bad therapists and they'll be like oh this is whatever and like in the back of your mind you're like uh, I'd go get a second opinion on that one you know it's it's funny because you I don't judge other professionals you know I think it's kind of like the hairdresser saying who did your hair you know it's not a mm-hmm. good good thing but you know sometimes it's just not a good fit for a person yeah uh, one person doesn't fit well with their approach or with the person's uh, personal style or issues or whatever but the other thing is sometimes you don't know until you've you've been in therapy for a while so it's you know yeah there's some bad ones that could be your your thing (laughs) for stand-up like jeff foxworthy could be like you know if you see a guy with a cap and a propeller on his head, he might be a bad therapist. Let's <laughs> do like 30 of those. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. We'll join your therapy tour. <laughs> the like, therapy tour. I'll be the Ron White. <laughs> if, his, oh, if, if, if his degree on the wall says yeah. to whom it may concern, he might be a bad, bad therapist. therapist. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're writing it all right here. This is good. I, yeah. this is, I don't this have is to write yours. any of my own jokes anymore. I just come here. That's it. Just sit <laughs> here calmly and watch. Yes. And listen. I'm that's, telling you. That's we're gonna, the book. I'm one. telling you. I'm going to turn book. on... The country CMT, the country channel. Nancy's going to be on there going, doing that joke right there. <laughs> you might be a bad therapist. That so, would be so funny. She's huge doing that. <laughs> How long have you been doing stand up? How many I years? I've been doing stand up now, two, four, maybe five years. Hmm. It could be six. I started um, at now these youngsters aren't going to necessarily know I'm too but young to the know. first I'm time like i ever did it was at um the irma bombeck writers workshop yeah. and um i just said a bucket list time let's do it and got great feedback and then got a gig from that and um then started doing it and just kind of my approach has been you know if you can study how to do something and you can watch people then you can try to build another piece of your career. So that's kind of what I've done. You have such an interesting life. I, I, I was well, just thinking, that's so cool. anyone the more Irma accomplished Bombeck on this show. Writers, <laughs> I know. The Irma Bombeck writers uh, uh, thing, I'm just going to use that and throw that around at parties, too. I love that. That's cool. That's where I got started, too, but I didn't know. <laughs> you you know, Irma. You, you guys could all come. To really? The, to the next one. It's always in Dayton, Ohio, her alma mater. We get, I'm on the, the faculty there. And uh, we get great, great speakers, like uh, keynote speakers. Phil Donahue kicked it off last year. And we had Alan Zweibel, who wrote for Curb Your Enthusiasm, wow. SNL. Um, Wendy Liebman, one of, one yeah. of my friends, is going to be. Um, doing a course there um, on stand-up. She was just on America's Got Talent as well. We can go? But you sure done. you won't get banned if we go you there? Guys, well, you have to sign up. <laughs> and it sells out in like hours. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. But that it's, sounds but fun. it's cool. It's cool. It the Bombeck family comes, get to hang out with huh. Irma's daughter, That's really Betsy and her, and her sons. Is so. that the University of Dayton? Yeah, okay. it is. It's every year, which is where... Irma got her degree. Great comedy club there. I played Wiley's years ago. I mean, we're still there. Wow. Good club. Two clubs. Are great. Yeah, it's good. It's great comedy time. Actually, See, Dayton. maybe you could pair, come up, pair it with that. Absolutely. We need more men because it tends to be really? lots of women, like uh, probably uh, 90% women. Really? Hey, oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Mike Singles. <laughs> hey. Walk up in there like, yeah. we'll get the alma mater now. <laughs> See, but that's how clueless you are because you're going to be home watching a baby yeah exactly you're not gonna be allowed to he's go. gonna be yeah. in the you're bob the builder right. and stuff forget about it you're done it's bob, like, no, no no bob the builder yet no, no a couple years <laughs> only batman that's true it's true Got a little, that's right he builds a shed and he makes it into the bat cave <laughs> that's all you look get. at a little girl you will always be bat girl that's right. <laughs> always uh, why is your dad walk this? around in a cape and a costume don't even ask don't ask is there something different for halloween no, Batgirl. You are Batgirl. I want to be a Barbie with bat ears. <laughs> well, Nancy, you know this show. Uh, you know you're part of the family here. When you're you're in, in our, at the round table here, so we'll throw out a couple subjects. Things are going on in in news and stuff. Some crazy stories. Nothing serious, obviously. Just jump in there, just like a dinner table. Just grab you know grab a dinner roll when you see it. But uh, <laughs> one of the news uh, stories that made me laugh was uh, Donald Trump 
announcing that he's running for president. This is going to be gold for us. <laughs> you know, starting a morning show. I think he did it just for us, guys. Oh, right? Just because yeah. of the morning show. And, of course, the comedy you'll get out of oh. this is amazing, right? He's oh, yeah. he's good game. Now, you didn't hear this yet, I guess, because you said Nancy. But I was reading this, this headline. It said, uh, Donald Trump, I would love to have Oprah Winfrey as my running mate. So he's actually entertaining that thought to have Oprah as his running mate, that would be hysterical. Do you think Oprah's w- would no. do it? Do you think Donald's one I, of Oprah's no. favorite things? I, no. I, 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 <laughs> she ain't doing that. Well, that's just so strange. You know, the, you know, him, the TV apprentice Trump and you know, Oprah. What is is it going to go up against like Jerry Springer and Mari ticket? Or something? <laughs> That'd be great with it. <laughs> yeah, be, I'd actually I vote for that ticket. You know, yeah. Mari with you know Bill Clinton is not my baby, Mar. <laughs> This says different, Bill. It yeah. is not my bad. If Trump goes up against Mario and he's like, we will lower taxes, mm-hmm. and Mario would just be there like, well, we looked at the lie detector and determined that was a lie. That was a lie. <laughs> oh, Springer Mario. of his shirt off <laughs> on the stage hitting a chair. <laughs> Debates would be great. Uh, Mario I, will be able to call it off. It, it was is, the best announcement for president. He comes out to a song, like, rocking that they already took that away, but he comes down in an escalator, and he was paying, like, 50 Paying people like fifty dollars a pop to come in, he said, "Oh, oh this right. is the biggest Heard one of that. all time." And then he starts listing every, all his like real estate transactions of the week. <laughs> so, yeah, I sold this ten million dollars. I even sold an apartment to a Chinese guy for thirty million dollars. No, he did not. And he's just that. going okay. off with all this he crazy stuff. Yeah, he yeah. actually said that. Oh, that's awesome. But it's great because he's just he's nuts, and he doesn't have to answer to anyone because he has his own money. He doesn't he have to go dollars. around asking for money, so he just says all this crazy thing. It's going to be great. I'm so glad he's in it. He doesn't have to win i'm like i mean he just gets nah. his name out there it's great for his name it's great for his brand right right makes it more worldwide even and is he running right. for president to have more stuff named after him yeah. the white house <laughs> is trump house, i guess right I know. Oh, united yeah. states of trump it's donald trump <laughs> what do you think it's crazy well, he's got his own water and you everything know? planes I mean, yeah. and buildings I and casinos everything had, well you know that was his whole thing when that book came out the art of the deal you know, I had a, re- a relative. You know, you get like cousin Chippy reading these books. Not good. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're real estate moguls in McKeesport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read that book when I was. It was in the '80s. I, I read that book when I was like 10, 11 years old. Because really, was, yeah. God, you were yes. a little red time. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like my dad, Alex P. Keaton. my dad <laughs> gave it to me. Yeah. He was like, "Read this," and then I read it, and it was just sounded like an insane person talking because it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like a book. It uh-huh. was just like like you said. It was just like. So, you know, I went in a, and I read this book, and then I, I bought this building, and I, it was the biggest building, and it was the most wonderful building in the history of the world. And I, and I was just like, this is stupid. And the, best, the, best was, the best was in the book. The whole theme of the book is use other people's money yeah. to build things or get things done. Mm-hmm. And that's the dangerous part. I'm telling you, you got like a Cousin Chippy calling, you know, listen, we'll buy this apartment complex. <laughs> in the cage port, Jimmy. That's nice. Good luck. No, you're going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to collect the rent. And then the best I like that deal. And then the best is is that after he wrote the book, like 4 years later he went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Like he was <laughs> yeah. 9 trillion dollars in bankrupt. We argued. I didn't go bankrupt. Almost. <laughs> well, no, did you see how he did? He got out of pole. it. Yeah. All he did was just go up to the bank and goes, "Uh, give me some more time." And then they just gave it cuz he cuz well, those guys are yeah. so stretched out. Yeah, exactly. The bank has to 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they give you that much credit. They yeah. just, they got to do it. I guess. It's better point. to it's better to have the bank well, owe you nine million than nine thousand. Well, the, well, the yeah. funny thing is with, with him with his life story, and I always thought this guy grew up and everything built built it from him, you know, from ground up, from you know, sticks and stones. He started out with about two and a half, three million from his dad, like an inheritance or whatever. You know, that was a big It's not exactly growing up in an alley with nothing. You, really yeah. I mean, you start with two and a half. I give him credit, though. Turn to two and a half million. He had to have a big gambler to buy the land he bought in New York. He bought this land that was really bad. It wasn't going to be anything. And it turned out to be unbelievable. And, and that's how he kind of started. So he did, he did gamble and risk, and it was smart. But still, it wasn't now, like he just started from poverty. Now, I do happen to know the hairdresser for Melania Trump. Wow. Because he's done my hair, and he's a doll. And the Trumps are very lovely people. Yeah? According I'd to my source. Him. I think They're very him. cool. I'm sure he'd be good to hang with. He'd be oh, fun. He yeah. seems cool. He just seems like he likes attention. He knows how to get it. I mean, he just knows how to make money. But he seems I think like he'd, he'd be, be cool. a great friend of mine. I think he'd be really good. I think he'd have a great sense of humor. I mean, when I got fired at DPU, you're fired over and over. Just this judge. <laughs> you're fired. Stop it, Donnie. But you're you, fired. But you talk about like that wanted need for attention. I, I read an article once. A guy was hanging out with him like at the New Jersey Meadowlands, and like he was watching like Bruce Springsteen in a concert. And they're sitting there up in the box, and they're enjoying Bruce Springsteen. And the guy go, and Donald's like, "Let's go down and uh, let's, let's walk around the arena." And they're like, "No." Why would we walk around the arena during a Bruce Springsteen concert? What about you're Donald Trump? He's like, no, let's just walk around the arena. And his only point was he thought he was he was jealous that people were watching Bruce Springsteen <laughs> when he was in the building. So he went down to get the attention on him. So he just literally did laps around the New Jersey Meadowlands <laughs> arena oh till people were like, hey, Donald, 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 because he just couldn't take that. Like, oh, Bruce, oh, who's Bruce Springsteen? I have more money than him. And then just starts walking around. So it's yeah, it's just that. Right. Threw Bruce just, off yeah. in the middle of the show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. There's, yeah, a, there's a guy with a squirrel on his head out in the back. <laughs> <laughs> scaring me. Good answer. I yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. I'm a little worried about the people who noticed and <laughs> jumping out. Like, well, how can you not notice the, a 6'4 the guy with there. the air? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. And the boss is, you know, doing somersaults. How yeah. old is he now? Yeah. He still performs like he's a teenager. You're right. And, and, and it's like. Donald, hi. A good point. Wouldn't have been on my radar. Yeah, middle middle Rosalitas, and you're like not going to turn Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump was in a Bobby Brown video. Yeah, well, (laughs) such a random fact. That is an interesting fact. He was in that uh, Ghostbusters two Bobby Brown. And Donald Trump like smiles, and he still has bad hair. It's (laughs) and this is the eighties, so you know what? Pretty wild. My prerogative still stands strong. Oh, for real, Bobby Brown fan right here. Musically, at at the end of the day, (laughs) musically, (laughs) musically, Uh, we're we're going to put the crack behind him. Musically, (laughs) musically is good. Anyone with the last name Brown is a musician has smoked crack or beat women or both is Even that like a chris thing? brown james brown bobby hmm. brown it's a trend interesting we need to stop signing browns to music that's the that's what it is <laughs> start signing there. more joneses wasakis <laughs> assassins <laughs> crins okay time. stay away yeah. <laughs> we could get some mergias pop locking in there uh-huh. get some dr nancy in there something it's stop a, yeah, signing browns. Like even the beaver brown band <laughs> yeah, I bet if we Google the Beaver Brown, <laughs> they were all on crack. 
They all smoke yeah, I've never crack. known about like a Wysocki singer band or something. No, That'd know, be a good that, name. That would be a good. We need a good yeah. Polish band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right. Some rock and polkas. Yeah, yeah rock and polkas. Yeah. Sounds yeah, like a place that would play. Yeah, I'll play a VFW in Munhall. Yeah, Mike Wysocki. One night only. The Wysocki Trio or something. I love that. We were talking about music. You heard about P Diddy. Or Diddy? Tell the story. Or Puff yeah, Daddy? Yeah, yeah good. Right. There's Diddy? something about he hits he got like 12 with names. a kettlebell. Dirty money? Yeah, dirty money. A, a Diddy kettlebell money. move or something, right? What did he do? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Mergy, what's the strength? It was the stre- strength coach. Okay. He uh, hit the strength coach with a kettlebell. For UCLA or something? UCLA because his son plays for UCLA. Okay. Snoop Dogg's son plays de- uh, wow. offense yeah. UCLA. Diddy's son plays defense UCLA. Okay. And the coach was the guy that was with uh, the Jets at one time. All right. And um, yeah, th- he said that he beat him because he didn't like him talking reckless to him. You're that's, kidding. That's why Diddy. So he hits him with a kettlebell yeah. because of reckless I, I want to know speech. exactly what he said. Does anyone know the quote? Your son is slow, doesn't run what, he bad, he's on the something. bench. Maybe he, something about his kid. He probably said, this isn't the record label. And <laughs> Diddy was like, oh, hell no. And just well, you, hit him. You know, you've heard of... Uh, the helicopter parents is like the kettlebell parent. Yes, <laughs> it's not. It's a new thing. 2015, the kettlebell, oh kettlebell parent. parent. Yeah. I wonder if he could get a, a gig now with dicks or something. <laughs> a particular type a of kettlebell that like swings better. Or yeah, something like that. the new workout. Gosh, when Diddy gets mad, he uses Dick's kettlebells. <laughs> His triceps are cut nicely. Why? Because he hits people with Shows this kettlebell. Working out in different ways. You can only do it Diddy style. How well, he's sad, though. Diddy, Diddy, How, Diddy, it is scary. It is. Your kettlebell just hit me. <laughs> it's a grown man. It is sad. It's a grown man hitting someone. But if you think about it, it's an improvement for Diddy because about you know twenty years ago, he was younger. He would shoot people. So That's he's, true. He's making a better. He's making a climb. <laughs> he shot. He's maturing. It's maturing a yeah, little bit, but that's, it is kind of crazy. Little though, right? This is an up. adult guy. <laughs> this is a successful adult man. Right, and he's hitting somebody with, over with a kettlebell. Million dollars. For, but the only excuse he's talking reckless. What your doctor? What, what personality? What is that? He called me puff. What would you? What is <laughs> that? Yeah, it's a scary. It's a scary <laughs> personality. But the, you know, the the whole thing. It uh, not to st- say this in front of you guys, but right. I mean, it's a sport. This is not. You know, this is crazy. Like, whoa, whoa, get, it's not get just a things sport. in perspective here. No, it is. And this is a Steelers, man. It's different. <laughs> it's a religion. That's no, a religion. I'm this kidding. is a UCLA. Good, but not, you know. Yeah, no, not a religion. Right. If it was no, USC, right. then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're right, though. Yeah. It's, right. Well, you know what, though? It happens a lot. You see parents getting oh, yeah. crazy with their kids. They either live through them or whatever. You see it in soccer with little kids, even. it's cr- Coaches, friends always tell me. Guys I know and girls that referee and stuff tell me, said, you wouldn't believe, Jim. Parents come up and yell at me after a game. You're, so you're kid. You mean, you're you're refing a six-year-old soccer contest game. It's not even a game. They're just running around. They don't even know what they're doing. They're having fun. And it's, these parents yell, and they go, yeah, they get in my face. I'm like, oh, they do. It's crazy. I remember when my um, younger son was on, my older son was on the swim team, yeah. and he, he just had gotten in, and he was pretty good. So the other parents, who's that? Who's that kid? And then my favorite all time, they're they're yelling at the coaches. And just their choice few, you know. Right. You know how to peg them. You've seen them. And um, they we were at the swim meet, first swim meet I was ever at. And the kid came up for, after doing their little whatever laps and came running up to the parent. And the, he'd come in second, and he was so excited. And the parent screamed at him I told you not to breathe and I sat there <laughs> and I thought to myself okay oh this my is God. this is the problem wow so, yeah yeah, it, yeah. that is something bad but you know it ends up 
really bad like 10 years later. With when the, the kettlebell. Yep. And the kid's hitting someone, with, or the kid's on you know, crack or something, whatever. <laughs> what happened there? I raised them great. Yeah. <laughs> that must be terrible coaching kids. I mean, Mike does somewhat, but when you know a parent's coming up to you, before they even say anything, I wonder if this is going to be about playing time for my kid. <laughs> every single time. Oh, must be. We, every time. We would we would have an announcement. I mean, I, I coached in high school for six years. We'd have an announcement at the beginning of the season. I'll talk to you about any subject except the what your kid, if he playing time. Mm-hmm. We just announced. We just goes, if your kid's not playing, it's because he's not the best kid. That's you it. Tell? That's it. That, we to, said that because he's not. everybody. Yeah. Just if your kid is not playing, it, yeah. it's because he's not the best kid. <laughs> wow. That's True. it. Yeah. Why wouldn't we not play? I mean, why would we? If your kid was the best kid, why would we not play him? <laughs> right. So that's why you guys turned my microphone off in this morning show. <laughs> huh. It's all coming together. So so, so it was, and your son was good, though. It's kind of interesting. You know, they do pay, there, were, there were people undermining and jealous that this little kid is, who's better than the other kids to you at all did you sense that yeah is yeah, that, yeah. Wow. i mean oh you see it it's it's amazing i mean the and and you know i've i've long said that you don't really even see how crazy even your friends are till you've watched them raise a kid huh. and even when the kids are adults and the the way that they respond to their child becoming an adult it's Fascinating. What, like what? Give me an example. Of like oh, you know, just letting them make their own decisions, being on the phone with them twenty four seven, and um, you know, kids having to call. You know, my feeling is when you know, if you've got like a twenty four year old son, he's really not wanting to call you every every second, right. every day, every whatever. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and then when that's happening and you're, you're out to dinner and someone, you're seeing this again and again and again, it's kind of like, huh, that's really fascinating. I don't, and of course, then you go, oh my God, my son doesn't love me. <laughs> but but it's uh, it's fascinating to watch the interference the that can go on. the son or daughter? To, oh, I've seen that with people, lots of people. Oh, yeah. oh, my yeah, mom's queen of that. Eighty-year-old Lou, man, whose breakfast, by the way, is a cigarette and a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> you coming over this week, son? Oh, I don't know, Molly. I don't think I can. Okay. Well, what do you mean, okay? Well, I'll see you next week if I'm here. <laughs> Where are you going? What do you mean if you're here? You know? No, I don't. Amongst the living. <laughs> So don't feel bad yeah. if you never see I me get that again. Always. That yeah, if I'm still awesome. here, we're amongst the living. That's awesome. <laughs> Grandma she's, Jones does that. A you get that one too. I met. Bit, yeah. yeah, she's so nice. Well, that was that was Grandma Ice Cream. You met Ice Cream. Yeah, Grandma Ice Cream. <laughs> she that, was sweet. We yeah. called her Grandma Ice Cream because she used to always give us ice cream all the time. Aww. She did say she gave you ice cream. She yeah, told she me would that. give us, and she is uh, hilarious. I love her. Like she's so hilarious. Both of them are hilarious. But Annie Jones will be like, um. You know, I'll see you next time at the Lord willing. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then you're see? just like, oh, grandma, must be a thing. That they, the grandmas and moms know. It's they know this move. Lord willing. Yes. <laughs> if I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> we got to take a few lessons from that. Yeah. 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 I always say I'm the former Protestant Jewish mother, so I make my kids feel guilty and then beg for forgiveness. So I don't, I, I don't stick with the guilt for so long. Nice, yeah, <laughs> I do. Like you were talking about, like helicopter parents every night. I heard that I was in Blonox at a printer shop, and I was talking to this guy, and he we were talking about business and everything, and he talked about like, oh, I have this one mother that has been with me for 10 years and every week she would come in and essentially do her kids reports 
and print them at a print shop so that he would, you know, whatever. And I go, for the last 10 years? And he goes, hmm. yes, currently the kid is in medical school. What? And still the parent comes in every week and, like, professionally does his reports and everything like that. The kid is currently still in medical school. The mom still does the reports. Can you imagine a kid and your patient is like, what's wrong with that? Well, uh, looks, I'm going to call my mother and be right. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's the not, the, like, you talk exactly. about a bad therapist. That's a, that's a well, making of a bad doctor. She's that's in happened. charge. <laughs> that, in fact, I had one situation where a guidance counselor told me that a parent came in and to use the library and and so the guidance counselor said well wait a minute your youngest <laughs> kid just graduated and um she said i know but she has a paper due oh. this yeah so she's researching the paper and doing her college work i can't uh. but you know i i mean that's probably what makes me a bad mother because you know i would proofread for my kids but that's about where it ended that's different and um and i would of course give my feedback whether it was wanted or not yeah but um I'm I'm lazy. I if I have free time, I'd like to use it for myself, not to have to write a book report on World War Two. It's I could imagine telling my asking my mom, hey, could you do a report for me? <laughs> sure. A week later. Where is it? I was playing scratch off that need, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Mom. Unless you watch your report on How am I ever going to get through medical school? <laughs> Go on the internet and get a degree. <laughs> Trucking school is good. <laughs> it, it's funny because my mom used to, uh, some of the art stuff that I had to do, like, she would look over it and say if it was good enough or not. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, mm-hmm. my, my family are all artists. So when I would draw stuff, like, she'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to fix this nose a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'd be a Dragon Ball Z character. We're going we're gonna to just shade this a little more. <laughs> <laughs> fix it. Until I, like, started getting older and I was really good at yeah, it. And then and stuff then, is Thomas Kincaid like, how yeah. does eight-year-old do that? <laughs> well, I'm the painter of light and I'm eight. Because they were like, whoa, seventh grade, look at this artwork. Yeah, mm-hmm. So she would help me and uh, I learned so much from her that after that, once I hit eighth grade, I was all right. Well, I could do this on my own. You, you got, you I got a really good artist, actually. So You're very talented like, artist. Uh, How old are you? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know that's when, like, you ever go to a Pinewood Derby? That's when you know mm-hmm. that, like, the parents When well, the parents built that the, the, the car. Because, yeah. The kind with the wheels and this or whatever. Because where I grew up, you had a lot of like engineers and like and all that kind of stuff. So you would see like the Pinewood Derby from the guy who works at Westinghouse or the guy who works at CMU. (laughs) It would like like it was powered by the sun and it would flow. It had its own like it it was basically the guy who made the carriage that that Jimmy gave you. But uh, (laughs) yeah, but like literally like and then mine's just a block with four like wheels in it and it goes like two feet. I'm like I lose. Yeah. Powered by the sun, like Superman. Yeah, you need, you need an you engineering a dad. Son, yeah. A certain son. That is so crazy. No, how old are your sons? How old are twenty two and twenty six? Okay, so so uh, college. We were talking. No, you were at the book about college, and I know that's so such a big ticket right now. When I went to IUP, it was nowhere near that. You know, tw- you know, nineteen eighty three graduate. It's so many years later now, and it's a zillion dollars to go to college. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And both my boys went to NYU, so I always say I have a wing or something wow. there. Wow. You know, but it's um, it's hor- It's a horrible amount of money, and it's uh, y- you know, it's a, such a stressful experience for kids and for their parents. And uh, there are pl- and people are are spending, you know tens of thousands of dollars to prepare their kids and some kids don't have that opportunity and and you know 
and you shouldn't have to. And that's why I wrote the book, because there are lots of things that you can do to, to try to keep the cost down, although it's still it's still crazy. It's crazy. The title of the book again is? Da- college list? Bound and Gagged. College Bound and Gagged. And you can get it on uh, you know, Amazon.com, Amazon. Barnes okay. & Noble, um, dot com, and uh, yeah, just tips and it's humor, it's, humor, it's, humor. It, it is an interesting thing, like... Uh, with with your, I think you have to pick the right major. It's a, such a big thing at that age, too. You're a kid, man. You change your mind. We all change our minds as adults. Right. Imagine as a kid. But like I remember as a kid, I wanted to be a philosophy major, and uh, my you know Lou Lou's like, oh really? You gonna be you gonna graduate? You gonna be under a tree going how? <laughs> how? How am I going to pay my rent? You think you're Aristotle or something? Yeah. You're majoring in business. But I don't know. No, I know. You're majoring in business. I'm like, okay. But she was right. I ended up getting a business degree, and it did help me balance the other things. You know, I wasn't good at it, but it balanced me. It was a weakness that I made a little bit stronger. Right. Uh, doing the analytical and scientific classes that, that it took. But uh, do you recommend parents stepping in and giving recommendation on majors and things like that with these not, kids? Not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think that there's practical advice that, that you can give your kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, but and it's just so hard because you don't know if you're going to end up going in that. Look at me, for God's sake. But, um, you know, if you're going to end up going in that direction or how, um, it, you know, it, uh, the other thing is college is kind of a launching point for right. launching your kid into adulthood. Right. So there's so many other things that the kids need to learn besides just class work, responsibility and um, things like that. And I think the first year or two, it's not really about a major, but it's about, um, you know, finding what you're good at, what you what you love, and, and also exploring opportunities, whether, you know, philosophy is going to really land you the position you need. But right. I also know plenty of people with, you know, I had an undergraduate a degree in liberal arts um, with a major in psychology, but you know it's you you can do a lot with that. There are plenty of people in business who who well, were I, psychology I, majors. I remember as a, when I started doing stand up, you know, full time doing a corporate banquet. Now uh, I got when you do these corporate banquets, you get to sit next to CEOs and stuff. So I was next to this guy. He was the president of uh, was at the time Westinghouse Overseas Division or whatever. It's pretty high up thing and uh it, it, so we're talking and, and i was asking about his life and we we're talking about college and what was your major and he said phys ed it's a really it's like a, a head of like some nuclear division like, really it's the opposite <laughs> of what i go wow and he goes yeah he says you know what it's a ticket college is a ticket so yeah. that's all you know you don't maybe, maybe you don't need it a lot of people don't need it yeah. there's great successes that, that don't need it but right. just for that particular the corporate structure it's a ticket, he said. So it's like getting on a bus, you got to get the ticket, he said. So I was a phys ed major, but you know, it just shows people, it shows corporations, that's all they're looking at. You have the ability to learn. You're not going to really go back and use a lot of stuff. You yeah. use those life's lessons almost more, but he says it's a ticket, so you have the ability to learn. That's all what it shows. Made a lot of, I remember that and never forgot that. And now they ago. have classes our parents never would have approved of, like mm-hmm. you know, the history of bubblegum. Or, I you know, the that. potato. Yeah. <laughs> my, my one son's like, I'm, for my elective, I'm going to take ancient Egyptian burial practices. I'm like, okay. That's pretty well, awesome. That's, yeah. <laughs> Great. He's a film major. I'm like, is he going to do, what, what kind of movie's going to come out of that one? An Egyptian. I, I, I took puppet making. <laughs> I took puppet making. That would be, a co- I love puppets. Do you know that? that I really am good. like, I think in another 
life I would have worked with a puppeteer. The yeah, I would. I love like that whole thing. I had a one nine 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 GPA, and I had to get up to two <laughs> o, where I was going to go on probation, and I'm ready to graduate, so I got to get that two o. I need one a three credits so me and my buddy rod were up there for the summer at iup and it's a great place to party all summer so we got our whole party thing saying i go look we got to get an a he needed an a too and i said look (laughs) (laughs) but we got to make it so it's easy we try so six week courses now so first day i remember i don't know why i picked this i thought it might be easy it wasn't japanese concentration camps and they said you need a term paper in this i'm like six weeks i'm out we got to go to mac park pool we got this golf thing we got all we can't do papers Go to John Wayne Films, needed a paper, out. Now we're down to the wire because you know, six-week course, you only have like three days to drop at. I remember sitting in the cafeteria rod. I'm like, we're looking at the, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Maybe we go back to Japanese concentration camp. I don't know. <laughs> and I remember Rod going, I got it. I go, what? He goes, puppet making. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He goes, no, it's the LA department, puppet making. So we sign up and we go in and the guy, I remember the guy was Professor uh, Kuhn, Kuhn and, and, and I remember he looked like Mr. Rogers. I swear to God, and sound like him. <laughs> And I said, Mr. Kuhn, what do we need to do here for your class? And he goes, I swear to God, he goes, you'll need scissors and glue. (laughs) (laughs) I said, we're in. (laughs) I got the A. Wow. What kind of puppet did you make? Well, the weird story, midterm puppet. This is very revealing now. Yes. Midterm puppet, I get a Big Mac. Puppet Rorschach. (laughs) This is great moments in academia. In academia, this is what this is. This is all part of my TED talk Uh and the practice. But anyway, so the Big Mac thing, I get the Big Mac uh, container that makes the jaw. Thought it was kind of smart. Little buttons, whole thing. So I'm making this puppet for like lunch and a puppet hours. My fingers are bleeding. I can't sew. I'm pinching myself. On Sundays, I was I was home for the weekend doing this work. And on Sundays, we'd go to my great-grandmother's after church, and the whole family would be there. Well, the joke of the family, this is midterms, three weeks in, is that I'm taking puppet-making. Of course, they're relentlessly agitating me, every cousin, uncle, everyone. So, of course, I just brush it off. So they don't understand this is a college puppet-making course. So my little cousin Adam walks up to me, and he hands me this puppet. He's eight years old, and he made it during his school season or whatever, and he says, Uncle Jimmy, even our cousin calls me Uncle Jimmy, he's told us, he says, Uncle Jimmy, I uh, I made a puppet at school, uh, you know, before we got out in school and all that. He says, and I heard you doing a puppet. And he says, I want you to have it. He gave me this little Aww. sock puppet. And I said, thank you, Adam. And I amused, I amused him because I'm thinking, <laughs> he doesn't understand. This is a college puppet making. <laughs> but that will, you know, build his esteem. Mm-hmm. I said, thank you, Adam. I may need that. So I leave. And I drive to IUP. And uh, it's Monday uh, morning. It's time for the puppet class, like noon or whatever. I go to get Rod. Rod is partied all weekend like a rock star. He is out cold. And I'm like, Rod, midterm, puppet. He goes, oh, I forgot to make the puppet. Like, you got <laughs> no, forgot. I said, what are we going to do? I said, we got to go now. Hand our puppets in. I said, don't worry. You'll hand it in. You'll get a D or C, but you'll make a big comeback at the end. I got my little cousin Adam's puppet. He's eight. He was in second or third grade. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to give you it. You hand it in. He did. Rod hands the puppet in. Swear to God, we get it back like three days later. <laughs> Rod got an A. I got a B. No. <laughs> no. Crush me. I had to talk my way into an A. I, I, in business, you don't. if you miss something by one point, they don't care. Like in business schools, they were like, no, we're not going to. Too bad. 
this guy was so nice. I go, please, I need, I need to hear something. You need to look at this. Well, you did learn how to serve. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, I go, yes, I'll give you a name. I go, thank you. So, I go, so what was your puppet like? I mean, was it a, was it an animal? Was it a... No, it's a, yeah, look, you know, look, it kind of had a Sesame Street vibe thing. It's like kind of a weird thing. Not really an animal, kind of like a Sesame Street could be anything. Like a Grover? Kind of a Grover kind Grover. of thing, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought I was on to something with the Big Mac container thing. The Blue Elmo. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have kept it. Right? Now modern kids at IUP can't use that because it's all paper. It's patented. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they, you know, well, it's they called the Grand have, Puppet. Well, they don't have the they don't have this cellophane container Ah, anymore. that's true. It all, it's all changed. You gotta yeah. get, actually, it ended up being a great course, to tell you the truth. There was actually a psychology course on how to use puppets for children to, to, break, you know, to wow. communicate. So it's going to be an interesting course, but yeah, it's a funny story. But we were just talking about this crazy courses. And I did have one question, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, is it about puppets? Easy. No, it's not. Then you can't <laughs> ask it. <laughs> 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 if it's not puppet related, then no. It's not puppetry, Terry. <laughs> no, sorry, I just didn't want to interrupt. Um, I got to. I'm done now. Nancy, um, I had a question for you because you know you were talking about um, you know college, and we we're talking about like different degrees and how we change. You know, I was an art major, and then I switched to philosophy once I moved back to Pittsburgh and went to Duquesne. So, um, like, talking to you about things and, you know, the different degrees that you have and the different things that you've done in your life, now that you're in entertainment and this is what you feel like that you've always wanted to do, is that what you always known or did you, like, go through this and then at the end go, you know what, I've always wanted to do this, now is the time? You know, it's funny because um, I think if you – I was telling someone this the other day. I think if you look at your life, or at least it's been my experience, and you say, I, I was going to write – script for it I never would have scripted it this way but um when I did I did stand up at my high school reunion which is kind of an interesting experience um but um people were coming up to me going oh my gosh I remember you telling all those jokes in homeroom and oh remember the the imitation you used to do of your grandmother how she cleaned forks and I'm like oh my gosh that's I never really thought about that and so always the humor thread was there and I did really want to be a psychologist and and you know sometimes when I think oh if I'd been doing this entertainment piece for so long interview celebrities every day practically and um where would I have been if I'd done that and then I think no because that the psychology piece has given me so much just in all of all celebs say that was like the best interview I've ever had uh those questions are so nobody's ever asked me that before and so I think some of that comes just from being a researcher and being a um a clinician and and the fact that you know I go in and and I research people before I talk to them and then I kind of think what would I want to know from this person so in a lot no it wasn't that I always wanted to do entertainment but I was always you know I was always a big you know TV person and you know watching things like that I never did have a subscription to people magazine I think I did once but I couldn't keep up with it they come like every every day and I'm like oh my gosh I can't can't do it but you know now it's just sort of an interesting new step so I think sometimes you put lines in the water and you don't know what you're going to draw out and you don't know which line's going to work and and then sometimes the line that you didn't even know you put in just brings up like the best possibility that's awesome yeah Yeah, i was just asking because we um because i I know like uh, all of us guys we all do stand up and that's why we get along so well and it's so cool for us like to be a part of this show and even with the morning show but I, we've all talked about how what influenced us and how we like kind of knew we were destined to do that. That's the only reason I asked that. Mm-hmm. Like, 
you know, I remember being a teenager and uh, like watching Comic View, and my aunt was a stand-up comic. But once I and got co- it hold on of on Cookie, and once I got a hold of Richard Pryor's box set, I was like, "This is it. This is what right. I want to do." Like I went through the steps of college and everything, but I was like, at one point in time, I was like, "You know what? I need to do this." For the rest of my well, life, and I was completely mm-hmm. in a sense that I didn't really start doing comedy until I mean, like stand up until my mid thirties, right. and so I was in business and I was in sales and all that other kind of good stuff. And you know, it's one of those things of like I felt that this life was not you know uh, it was not rational. It was I was trained to be rational and trained to be like oh you, you know that's great that if you have that that hobby. But you know, it's you're supposed to be the businessman. Yeah, you're unless you're from an of, entertainment family. Yeah, yeah, right. It's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. No one in my family. It's funny. My sister now is out in Los Angeles, but like, yeah, my both my parents were not into that. My dad was a businessman, so it was like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. But the thing, the answer of the of the question of like, I always ask myself, well, where would I be in my career right. if I would have started when I was 22 or 23, right out of college? But the thing is, I I would. I probably would have quit eventually because I didn't have anything to say. I would have been a completely different, you know, comic, and I I probably would be the type of comic that I would not, I, I, I would I, hate. I, I think the thing that made that transition for you know, all, all every comedian was in the eighties, like uh, what's it, they say was the fifties was birth of rock and roll or whatever they fifties or whatever. Yeah, the birth of rock and roll. Well, so the eighties was the birth of the comedy club, really the comedy club concept franchise. That enabled people coming from blue collar family like myself and yourself to become a professional stand up. There's four clubs in every city back then, so you, all of a sudden you got 52. You got work, six shows a week. So all of a sudden you're making money, great money. And then I think, and they're, and they're still there. There aren't four clubs in every city, but there's open stages and there's clubs around. You, you see that you see uh, you know a scientific concrete path. You say, okay, I do MC, I get good enough. I MC middle headline improvs and great clubs still run the country. But I think that's what's changed the game is the comedy club concept. Except for women, it's been, you know, such a slower process and and still and it's still a numbers, is. I, I think my fault is a numbers game. It's not mm-hmm. really women are as funny as men. There's no exactly. difference at all. But the difference is a numbers game. The concept of that whole concept, saying this is the comedy club, was okay. You're 21 years old, 22. I'm driving around the country, and I'm doing one nighters in these smaller clubs. I you have to stay at a comedy condo with two other comics and everything right. if I was a father I don't think I'd I not only not urge my daughter I would say no I have <laughs> friends who have some amazing stories about the comedy condo life and not a it's not, a, not, a not pretty ones right. either so yeah. they come back talk <laughs> yeah. about it it probably discouraged a lot now it's it's changing it's it's getting television's helping it with all the cable channels and so there's different outlets in other words and I think you're going to see you're starting to see uh, because the numbers are getting bigger so you've seen the Sarah Silverman's and people, you know, Nancy Burks and people right. coming up and being, you know, I really put thinking. put myself in with that. Well, I'm just but, saying, yeah, see, you're seeing it, though. But, you know, I do comment. think that some of these, um, that that some people have the calling, like Terry, you know, where you go, okay, this is what I have to do. But I think also that, that they're, and, and I suspect that all of you would agree with this, but we'll see, is that when you're creative, there are so many things that you can do that that you don't realize like your art or your or writing or whatever so i mean there are so many different outlets for success and um i think that's the beauty of of being a creative person is that you don't have to necessarily wait on the stand-up gig or oh they're not looking for a 40 year old woman 
for stand up, but guess what? I can do X, Y, and Z. And I think I think that's what uh, that's the exciting thing about being uh, choosing a career that's creative. So. You're, you're absolutely right. You're especially now. I mean, you you're found right, that. It is. You're not podcasting now. Just one thing. Right. Yeah, like yeah. podcasting we're doing now, we, and, and it's exciting, right? Right. And, uh, no restrictions to it. That's what it named, that's the name. And your podcast, and like you said, you you've, you could vent with books. And it's it's kind of a a way to entertain. Is what we like. It's all we want to do is entertain. Really. So if you're an entertainer, that's what we want to do. Um, now, what you were saying about uh, like the the comedy and women. Like, how do you feel? Like, is, uh, do you run into issues with uh, booking? Because this is like a big topic in comedy right now. Like the last few years, right. a lot of people have been talking about it, and we already know. S- the Sarah Silverman thing was a lie. We already, she already came out and said that as far as like the issue of her story with the right, bag. right, right. The but I mean, thing. in general, like, what do you run into yourself as far as bookings? You know, because I, I know I run into some things. That's why I want to get your perspective. I don't perform like you guys do. I tend to do more of uh, like a keynote kinds of things instead of the comedy clubs. And I did just do the Pittsburgh Improv uh, competition after I had done a series of interviews for my podcast Wine at Nine with uh, women uh, comics who were performing in the first ever um, on the Las Vegas Strip all women comedy show okay. so they had um, they um, and that's at the Venetian and then the, at the Sands there and so I interviewed Wendy Liebman who we just recently saw she was a finalist on America's Got Talent and I, oh, I interviewed uh, Lonnie Love and uh, probably six or uh, Heather McDonald um, from Chelsea Lately and she on does. and on and I kept um, interviewing them and Susie Essman from Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. and what what we talked about is how things have changed and I've talked to Lonnie a bunch of times and the it's it's getting better for women out there but it's opportunities like that that really helps prove that women can headline Wendy Williams actually did her first um, stand up there the power, for though, that yeah yeah she brought name. she filled I actually was there for that performance and she filled the, the entire um, the entire uh, theater but you know so for me like I knew when I did the first improv night for the competition and I made it to the second round I knew I was going to have to change my material because I knew I was with you know the audience was 21 year old guys and they do not want to see their mother up there <laughs> talking no matter how many drinks they've had so I, I changed it up a little but I couldn't but and what was really Unless funny their turn paper what, yeah exactly <laughs> what was really funny that happened though is that all my college roommates from all over the country decided they wanted to come in so there were five of them they all are set, they all came in and then who else comes but my friends that include well my husband my rabbi and my endocrinologist. So I said, um, so I I said, uh, opened with the the fact that, you know, all these people were here and my six college roommates. How amazing is that? The last time we were all together, we were um, at a frat party surrounded by booze and 21-year-old guys who all they could talk about were there. And I said, look, nothing's changed, (laughs) ladies. (laughs) It was the same. Um, You know, so it was... That's what's hard, and so I guess I'm. It's a circuitous way to to, an, to answer, but you know nobody's knocking down my door going, "We want you to do stand up yeah. at this club." Um, but I think it will change. I think it, you know, and I I have to say I've been putting so much more energy into my podcast and into my writing that there hasn't been a lot of time to um, 
knock down doors and try and and try to really see what the business uh, is uh, like. I think I think what you're saying is though is that it really comes down to the audience's acceptance of it because you're saying okay at this particular club maybe they're not looking for my type but I do believe that there are there are right. outlets in terms of stand up everywhere like if you go to New York I would say probably at least half of the comics you go up there are women right. and they will do tons now Pittsburgh and, and it's sad to say is it's not that same way the Pittsburgh comedy scene is overwhelmingly men and I believe that's because just because to make money in Pittsburgh you usually have to go to the VFWs and the you know those type of places and they're kind of more macho and you know and you do have to have like a real thick skin and it's not something I would recommend you know it's like you said about the comedy the you know the condo, the, the, yeah. the condo life. That's not something you'd want to recommend right. for your daughter. Well, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> going to a VFW and you know deep in the heart of Western Pennsylvania for your daughter either. <laughs> and so, but I do believe that it really comes down to you know an acceptance from the audience for that type of thing. To where you know, hey, I do want to hear from these type. And there's also just so many different types of female comics in general. Well, do, don't you think? I'm curious about this because I've I've told people this that I actually think when you're when you're writing funny and and uh, my oh my humor column can I do a plug absolutely my humor column for Shady Ave magazine okay. uh, won the Golden Quill Award from the Western Pennsylvania Journalism oh, oh, oh. Association that's, that's awesome. so yay but I find that when another I another so, accomplishment so, stop <laughs> <I know. laughs> drop the mic I was, I was just I was really excited and I and I it was a great honor because we we beat out a, a, a food and beverage column so I'm like I didn't think Take up that. against humor beat out food and beverage <laughs> um, but but the thing that is interesting is when you're in the writing zone and mm-hmm. in the comedy writing zone I think it's like a muscle and you build it up and build it up and then if you get away from that for a while like I try to still always have humor when I'm writing about my celeb pieces you know about the time I went backstage to meet the moody blues I, I had to um, I was like sweating so badly we were at that Carnegie Music Hall over in Homestead and I'm like damn I finally get invited backstage by like a rock star and I'm you know hot flat so anyway so I wrote about how you know yeah right now now I'm 50 you know, yeah and I'm I'm still hot you know so, but um but when you get away from that, but don't mm-hmm. you find that when you're writing and you're really in the height of it, it just comes like this? I mean, oh yeah, like it's a so flow, fast. right? It's yeah. just it's a like flow. Water, yeah, it G- does. It's like, like a muscle. He has the best answer for that. It's like breathing. Uh, about right. the, the conduit and the, the energy too. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the religious sense of you know, it's the terrace. It's a gift God gave us, and and uh, and I think that it's the blessing and gift was that we're conduits of that comedy and it just keeps flowing through us so the more, the more we push our ego out of the way and let God in or good if you don't believe I don't, if you don't believe God the universe or I believe in God but if you like push that ego away let God in you know let it go let go let God kind of thing and uh, that's what he gave you that's that gift and, and, and it just starts flowing I think it just starts flowing through you and replenishing. It's hard to understand. That's why it's interesting when people watching on the outside, watching, how, where do you get that from? Where's that character come from? Well, you know, it's easy for maybe me to take credit, but I can't. It's really not. It's a gift. And that's why 
my philosophy is to share that gift, you know, through how it But you do have to definitely work it out like it's a muscle. Because, like, I, yeah. well, you right, hear all yeah. the time, like, you know, the, a guy hasn't done stand-up in 10 years, and he used to be the biggest stand-up in the world, and then he won't do stand-up for a while because it just he doesn't want to get back into that well, grind. Well, God that gave trick. you a guy to get to hit baseballs, but if you don't go to the cages and work out. Yeah, time, exactly. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, there's a gift. But, it's a, but there's a certain thing you get from when you're a kid when you found that gift of euphoria. There's no money you can put to it, nothing but a feeling. When I went on the first talent show in high school, it was just a euphoria, a, clear, a moment of clarity. And I think every comedian has that moment of clarity, or performer, singer, whatever it is, where they go, wow, that's, uh, that's bigger than me. Right. And I think when, that, when it's bigger than you, where it comes, you know, to me, it's like, wow. It's, and as you get older, you really, that's a real gift, really an amazing gift. And, and, and to just sometimes you have to get out of the way of it. And, yeah. and, and, and also that euphoric feeling and that gift you're giving, what do you do when you get a gift? You appreciate. Appreciation is working on it, right? I'm, it's a gift from God to me. Well, you work on it. You're right. Because the feeling's great. You feel what you're supposed to do, what you're here to do. And some of the best advice I ever got was from, God rest his soul, David Brenner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a gem of a guy. And we were chatting, and we were talking about uh, theft, because comics are, are people rip off. I watched someone not too long ago, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I realized I had interviewed the person that, this person had stolen the jokes from him. I'm like, I went oh, back wow. and I'm watching, you know, I'm watching uh, the, the Showtime. So I'm like, whoa, whoa. Um, but David and I talked about that. And, and I said, what do you do? Because I've had people steal my stuff. I'm sure you all, we all have. All time. And um, once it's out there, <laughs> it's, it, right. it, it's, it does become, you know, it's not fair and there's the code. But what he said is, um, I, and he, he said he would perform constantly because you want to perform you just you'll do the the fw you you'll do the right. big places uh, big places little places any place to get stage time like a musician but he said what he did is he just realized first he was obs- just so upset and obsessed with trying to stop the theft of, of jokes and then he said nope i can write faster and i can write better than anyone and he kept doing it and that's always been my thing like okay you want to you want to steal this? I'm going to do something even better. And I think that uh, he really inspired me to just be like, crank it out then. Just That's just funny. It must be a common, common thread, a common theme from successful you know, comedians that we look up to. Uh, one of my favorite all time, Jay Leno. Uh, I got the honor to work with him a few times. I remember lunch with him talking, say, what do you do? And he, I had just seen some of my act you know, on television, a couple jokes he knew were too unique and had two, you know, they may saw me somewhere. If you're headlining a comedy club, they can take in a second, you know, if they're, right, they're going on first. Right and I there. said, well, what do you do when they steal material, Jay? What do you do? And he, got, and he simply said, eh, you got to write them quicker than they can take them. That's all, Jim. You want to do it for a living? You got to write them quicker than they think. So kind of <laughs> right. just support your point, building that muscle right. and, you know, I, I think I think the big thing with a lot of comics, and we did talk about this, is a lot of people's they let their material be bigger than them you always have to be bigger than your material right. or anything that you create because when you let it be bigger than you you get stuck in that and that's why you see these guys that are characters of stand-up comics mm-hmm. they're not you know your richard Pryor. richard Pryor had so many killer bits but he always came out with new killer bits whether he had help or not it was prior and then you look at somebody like you know no disrespect to him larry the cable guy larry the cable guy is a character and he created a character. He was a regular stand-up like us. You can see the footage. And he was funny. It wasn't that he was garbage. It's just that the demand of that character was so high 
that he has to be that character all the time. He has to have a TV show as that character. So I feel like you, if you want to be that person and you're afraid that someone's going to take your stuff and all that, always make something, uh, always remember that you're bigger than your material. You can't be afraid to come up with new stuff because it's going to flow if you're Mm -hmm. doing it right. If you have that one killer bit that someone stole and you're upset about that (laughs) bit and that bit's been there and you're like, oh, I've been doing that bit for, you know, 20 years, it's your bit. Yeah. No one should steal it. But let's come up with something that's even more killer than that bit. Yeah. Be your own competition. That's That's true, That's what I always say. Nance, thank you so much for joining the show today. Let's give some plugs out here. Uh, uh, Your podcast, I urge everyone to listen to your podcast. And uh, I know it's all archived, so they can go back and listen to other shows unless you're a new show when can we get your it's, podcast every week um podcast is every week sometimes twice a week it's wine at nine.com that's a long story but it's wine with an h i n e a t number nine.com and it's on itunes stitcher radio and some of our episodes are going through the pittsburgh podcast network awesome and Thank uh you. shady Ab magazine. oh shady Ab magazine um i have a humor column in that every issue and then um my column showbiz analysis for parade magazine is on parade.com if you go to parade.com and Google Dr. Nancy Burke, you'll see that. Lots of cool interviews with fun cool. celebs. Uh, intro. Uh, right before we go, most interesting celebrity you've met so far? Uh, oh, you know what? It's so hard to say because ah, give been, me one. They won't everyone, listen. But, uh, but I will. <laughs> answer Jim Cren. Well, like, see me leaning like Larry King? <laughs> give me an answer now. There's, there's the crushes. There's the funny, memorable. It was like me with on a conference call with Cheech and Chong and wars Lonnie Jordan that was pretty funny that's pretty cool they said they couldn't come to Pittsburgh until they'd been vaccinated (laughs) 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 but they were kidding of course and you know I've interviewed Deepak Chopra and that is my favorite man and Jeremy Piven and it's been it's so it's a different it's Pat Boone I mean you know it's been a Phil Donahue. In- intriguing cool. uh, Phil Donahue. list. That's cool. I'd love to meet Phil Donahue's met everyone. Could you imagine having dinner with Phil Donahue or just getting an interview? That's a Do cool interview. Do you know right? he used to live across the street from Irma Bombeck? <laughs> I, I believe yes, it, though. They were neighbors. They that. raised their kids together. That neighborhood. Wow. <laughs> Legends, man. I know. Uh, wait. So. Uh, sorry. The book. Ah! Thank you, Mikey. Good call. Aw, I'm going to pay book? you extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> College Bound and Gagged, uh, Nancy Burke, PhD. Get it on uh, Amazon, your Kindle, your right, Kindle yeah, edition. Yeah, it's Kindle. Kindle uh, and I'm holding the paperback edition. You can get it everywhere. And it's uh, a cool book. And I know a lot of you guys have kids. And if you're just having kids, like Terry, great book yeah, I'm to read. Yeah, Terry one. He's going to need it. Yeah, to get <laughs> okay. ready. So you know, you know, figure out how to navigate that. Man, that's R- tough, right? R- 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 B singer. Make her Beyonce. Yeah. Yep. He's going to do the fla- SAT flashcards. You know, about year, right? Yeah, yeah. Like my parents made me do Hooked on Phonics (laughs) when I was like three. She she has a a chapter one, uh, go go to Vegas, double your money. Very nice. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) You got to come back Uh, on again, I hope, Nance. I hope. This has been like being invited to a cool frat party where everyone's nice. (laughs) Thank you, Nance. No alcohol. We appreciate that. Our (laughs) listeners are great, too. We appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed as much as we did doing it today, and I appreciate that. Jim Cray, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Hey everybody, it's Jim Cran of Jim Cran No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now, every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. I want to thank our, our sponsor. 
diversity vapor shop the vapor shop buddy hall makes his own flavors and they're amazing ships all over the united states so if you want to try them you're into vaping you want to try the most unique flavors you've ever tried go to go to diversity.com go to jimcren.com the link is on there too his website but it's buddy hall and they have a, a place in dormont pittsburgh and babcock boulevard north hills in pittsburgh and they're our sponsor thank you buddy and thank you diversity if your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com. 